People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, Brothers Talk family, and welcome once again to you and all first-time listeners, wherever you're listening in around the world, to our spreading message of holding critical thinking conversations to promote social activism and uplift people everywhere. You're sincerely appreciated, and thank you for helping with the work of encouraging and educating everyone that we're interacting with in identifying opportunities to endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals for empowerment and the prosperity of our community. A special shout out to my nephew, Christopher Hill, who is our number one fan down in the D.C. metro area who listens to our podcast every week. So shout out, Chris, and keep up the good work of developing your own podcast. In your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care, is there are currently more than 10,830 patients hospitalized in the United States per week with COVID, with 15% of those being ICU or intensive care unit patients. The most recent data on the test positivity rate is from the week ending October 21st, which was 8.7%. When the test positivity is over 5%, transmission is considered uncontrolled. And since many are using home tests that are not reported through public health or are not testing at all, the official case counts underestimate the actual prevalence of COVID-19. Currently, the dominant variant nationwide is HV1 with 25% of cases, followed by EG5 with 21.9% of cases. And then there's FL15.1 with 12% of the cases. The original Omicron variant is now gone, according to the CDC. But these other variants, which are the descendants of the original virus, are going strong. So once again, we're pleading with you to arm yourselves and your loved ones by getting vaccinated or getting the boosters. Make sure you wash your hands, wear masks in crowded situations, use plenty of disinfectants. And if you do get sick, please stay home until you're no longer contagious. And please try not to spread it to others. Come on, people. We don't have any family and friends to spare. And we can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. Thanks, Rod. And thanks, family, for your continued support. And to stay on this COVID theme, like Rod said, the new variant is HV1. And that's data released by the Center for Disease Control. The thing that's that's, that's disturbing to me, and we talk about this every week, they reported that only 3.5% of the population, which is approximately about 12 million people, have received the new COVID booster shot. Now, when we start talking about 12 million people out of 300 plus million people, that's a problem. That's a serious problem. So what we need to do here is people need to take this, get serious. I've seen more people in my community and in, in establishment, business establishment that I go to. I've been seeing more people 
in in this area wearing their mask. But you still got a, a push. You got people against the mask, like you got guys like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers going on sports shows, making jokes about people who are being vaccinated and who being boosted. You know, he's an anti-vaxxer and he's influencing people. People like that, there need to be some type of punishment for folks like that because you're causing harm to the population, the people who look up to you as a mentor. But yet we got a number of people out there like Aaron Rodgers who are out there speaking against being vaccinated. And that put puts all of us in harm's way. So go out there, protect yourself and your loved ones, at least wear your mask. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I have a question for um, you guys. Is the latest vaccine being subsidized by the government? No. No. And, and that's a part of the problem. Our government has basically dropped the ball on this whole pandemic and, and the dangers that, you know, uh, that is producing to our society. And um, I, I think we should actually take that up with our government. Good yeah. point. So this week, we're going to focus our attention squarely on what I'm referring to as 45-ism. And it's no secret to anyone when we talk about 45 who we're referring to. But what is galling as we look across the landscape is a number of things that cause and should cause all of us great concern because of the imbalance of coverage and the imbalance of power that is going on when we see a guy who has 91 felony counts indicted against him, and yet he is continuously flaunting the law by disobeying judges. He has multiple states that are continuing to prosecute him, and he is as disrespectful as anyone could be of our legal system. And he's doing this with the complicit interaction of both the press as well as we've talked about before, members of our government, because there isn't any way possible that if he were a person with color, that he wouldn't be in jail. He wouldn't be under, at the very least, house arrest. But here's a guy that continues to be able to travel across the country as he calls himself running for president again, the very office that he tried to undermine and overthrow when he lost the last election and the government's own constitution. Our constitution states that anyone who is guilty of insurrection, who has attempted treason against this country is ineligible to run for any office in this country, let alone the presidency. And yet, he continues to go day in and day out without seeming to incur any type of penalty or at the very least a slap on the wrist from judges who will say, well, he can't say things that would potentially intimidate witnesses. And yet he goes on, as I said before, to flout all of these rulings and nothing happens to him. And so it is something that all of us should be concerned about as citizens. I don't care what your persuasion is, simply because it denotes that we have the greatest example of a double standard when it comes to the legal system. And this isn't even as pronounced as when we talk about the black-white issue. This is really about the haves and have-nots. And so if you are not of that upper rich class of the top one or two percent, 
then what he's basically saying to you in the bottom line is that the truth is he really may not be there, but because he claims to be and because he has had that office, he is literally just going ahead and making a mockery out of our entire legal system. You know, Rod, one of the things that you, you call it 45 ism, and, and that's a good term because, you know, I think people need to just really step back and take a look. I know everybody's caught up in what's going on in their own lives. They have their own problems, but they don't realize that what's happening right now in the in our criminal justice system is going to have a profound impact on them, their family members, and just all of us. You know, to be honest, and people need to be honest with themselves, this is not a democracy. We're living, we're we're in a oligarchy. We have a caste system because it's all about the haves and the have-nots. The oligarchs like the, the Donald Trump, the Elon Musk, the people who have power like Clarence Thomas. There is no accountability. There's no accountability. It should be like Rod said. It should be. We should all be outraged. But the media, because they get is the coverage, they make money off of this. They're not coming at it from that angle. All they're doing, they're doing is just reporting, making Donald Trump look like giving him all this free publicity like he got in 2016. But we got a system here where rich people do what they want to do. They say what they want to say, and there is no accountability. Let's take Elon Musk. Just because you, you're the richest man in the world on paper, what gives you the right to be talking to world leaders? He's engaging with world leaders, other world leaders, as if he's the president, like he was elected, like he's speaking for the rest of the country. You got Donald Trump running around talking about, I'm your retribution. And he's telling people what he's going to do if he becomes reelected. The sad part about this, and I don't know how true it is, I was watching the Stepanopoulos show, and they were showing these polls of all of the swing states, the critical swing states. Donald Trump was leading Biden by at least five points. And the part that was most disheartening and and confusing to me is that they were saying that the, the switch is from Black people and women are moving towards Donald Trump. Why are women moving towards Donald Trump and black people moving towards Donald Trump when he has 91, he's been indicted on 91 felonies and they're moving towards him? A guy who spews lies every time he's on TV. They know that we know that he's lying. We know that he, he, he acts like a mob boss. And yet that's attractive to people. I just I just refuse to believe that. Uh, who's doing the polling? I've never been polled in my entire life. I don't know of anybody who's been polled. I think they're polling the same people, and I think that they're over-polling Trump supporters. Well, unfortunately, you know, there's no journalism on television. Television is actually entertainment and is about actually what you said, Scott, making money. And it's been promoting Trump actually since he, he got into politics which is why he's been able to get billions of dollars of free airtime and, and ultimately becoming the president. But the judicial system and the legal system in this country was not set up for people like Trump. It was set up for us, which is why he's been able to actually escape any accountability regarding this system. Even though he's been charged with 91 felony counts, he's been able to escape and live still better than the law-abiding American citizen. So unfortunately, this is the country, this is the system that was built, and this is what we're dealing with. 
now? Do we want to confront this system? Do we want to change it? How? It's not going to happen from within. We're, go- we're literally going to have to, to do it from outside by creating our own political parties and voting. And unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. So let's consider the fact as well that these 91 felonies are basically all connected to his efforts to try to overthrow the government while he's also facing the fraud charges in the state of New York. But let's remember that he was never really held accountable for a slew of other crimes that included everything from sexual assault against women to the charges that he was extorting money out of the government by forcing members of other governments and government agencies to have to stay in his properties. So, you know, there are laws there that need to be prosecuted. So what we're talking about is a master criminal, a dumb master criminal at best. But still, the reason I call him a master criminal is because he's continued to execute crime after crime. And the main reason he continues to be able to do so is because he hasn't faced any consequences. You know, the most that we've seen in his life was when he got the highest fine, him and his father, but that really wasn't him as much as it was his father for discriminating against minorities in their housing in New York City. But consider the fact that he called for the bringing back of the death penalty against the Central Park Five, who were found completely innocent, and yet he took out a full-page ad and never was called to at least even apologize for potentially getting those young men killed if the government and public sentiment had gone his way. And he's done so many other things that are just basically base criminal activity. But when there are no consequences, you do have to wonder because the laws as stated in our legal system are clear, but it's the application that suffers. You know, they keep referring to when you when you look at the talking heads on TV, when you listen to them, they all say, you know, no man is above the law. We got to have some type of not just criminal justice reform, but our whole judicial system needs to be reformed. In other countries, I don't think that it takes this long to prosecute anybody, not just Trump. Look at these other people who have been his enablers. Nobody's been held accountable but the foot soldiers. And that's all because of, you know, they got power and they have money. And so we got a system that's set up that way where you get you got money and you got power and there's no way for them to hold you accountable. That whole thing, that whole theme of no man is above the law, they can stop saying that and just thought, look, if you're rich, do what you want to do. But poor folks, like you said, Norm, this was put in place basically for black people. That's what the judicial system was put in place for. The police state to protect everybody, to, to protect white people from black people. That Pretty much that's what it was all about. And what we have going on here now is, I don't know what kind of system this is. All I know, if you ask yourself, if you did some of the things that Donald Trump has done, if you attack federal judges the way that he attacked federal judges, if you attack people who are potential witnesses the way that he is attacking with daily... He's been doing it nonstop. That's called witness tampering. But yet he's allowed to do it. The judges keep talking about, all right now, okay, we're going to do something. All right. Just the, the judge in D.C. chucking. 
And he's called her every name under the sun. At least the judge in New York, okay, he fined him $10,000 once, and he fined him $5,000. But this is a guy who he has over, they said that he has something like $430 million that people have donated to him in his war chest. So what's going on here? Is it racism and race playing a role in this? Because why is it that over half of the country continues to support this guy and really they're ready to go to jail to defend this guy? So what else is really going on here? Well, Scott, I tend to think that you're right. I think it is a racism because the ultimate hypocrisy here is the people who claim to be tough on crime are the people who are getting away with it right now and supporting it, ironically. So I think we have to take a strong look at that because, let's face it, if Obama was out committing these crimes, it would be a, a continued, different, totally different story here. And we know that's not right. So once again, we want to encourage you from the grassroots side of it to look at your elected officials. And when you hear this particular episode, the most recent off-year elections will have concluded, but that means we will be in the sprint toward the 2024 election, which will be a presidential election along with the members of Congress. And so if you have any of your elected officials who are supporting 45ism, then you really ought to do everything you can to ensure that they do not get back into whatever elected office because they do not represent you. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Randy Hazelton, the 43-year-old CEO of H&H Hospitality, a Black-owned company that runs concession stands and restaurants in major U.S. airports. Starting from scratch and learning from his past, he now runs over 20 different airport restaurants employing nearly 100 people. He owns multiple Shake Shack and Audis and stands, and his company is on track to hit $50 million in revenue this year. Hazelton founded H&H Hospitality in 2007, and they've been thriving with the support of a government program called Airport Concession Disadvantaged Business Enterprise, ACDBE which supports minority and women-owned businesses at federally funded airports. One of H&H's spots is a Fresh and Yogurt and famous familiar pizzeria in Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, one of the busiest in the world. They've also teamed with, up with Concessions International for a Shake Shack and Auntie Anne's restaurant on another concourse. Next year, the company plans to open a Slutty Bacon, a popular plant-based burger brand owned by entrepreneur Pinky Cole. One of the things that I really appreciated in his business philosophy is what I call not reinventing the wheel. Randy said to overcome many business challenges, including fees, advertising costs, and managing employees, he transformed himself into a homework nerd and used a copy and paste formula of what already works. Borrow from other folks, he says, some of the greatest successes are just copycats of something already here. For more information, follow the company on Instagram at LHH underscore hospitality. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember, you can follow us and share your thoughts and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, 
Let's all do better today because that's all we really have.